are tenaciously being. My name is Rather. I'm your host. This is the place where we get to be real about this wild and crazy journey called life. We're going to talk about both the beautiful blessings and the cringy, crunchy, confusing parts of being human, all from a place of unconditional love. We get to create this life. We get to choose how to be in the world. It's time to disregard the shoulds and forge our own path. We've forgotten that this is our opportunity and possibly how to do it. Let's remember together how to simply, gloriously, courageously, and tenaciously be. Hello, hello, tenacious beings. Welcome. Welcome to what I'm going to call season two of Tenaciously Being, because as you know, <laughs> it's been kind of funny to hear my little uh, saga of how I don't know my name yet, and obviously I do know my name <laughs> now, um, because that was all so beforehand. So we have released Tenaciously Being is in the world, and here I am recording, so there has been feedback, there's been some conversations to be had, there are still many, many conversations to be had, because episode six is coming out this week, so we're exactly at the halfway mark, and um, I've made some decisions about how we are going to be kind of going forward. I've kind of grouped, I've taken my list that I read you, I literally did not even remember that I had read that list until um, right before I hit record here. <laughs> Um, so I've taken my list and I'm starting to like compartmentalize it. And so we're going to go like series by series. Okay. And I really want to bring in friends. Um, I really want to bring in friends. So, um, like we're going to find some, some, some cool experts and some leading experts and people that I love to listen to. We'll find them to, to talk as well. I'm going to work on that, but I still have a lot to say, a lot to say, um, and so I might go back and forth, um, but based on the topic, and the first topic is going to be like um, nutrition and wellness and like body health, you know, health and wellness kind of thing, and um, if you've been listening at all, some of this might be a little bit repetitive, but don't worry, when you hear something again, it's not like, oh, I already know this. Ask yourself, this is a Marie Forleo, ask yourself, what can I learn from this? What, what part, even though I already know this? Um, and that's always like, yeah, great way to approach life in general, honestly, because we can all often think that we already know or we'd already heard something or we've already experienced something. And um, there's really no need to um, disregard a time to learn something. <laughs> It's so exciting to get to learn. Um, so, I have the list of nutrition, wellness, health and wellness topics here in front of me. I think it's 14 of them, yeah. So, um, I'm hoping like four to five episodes per topic. So, I'm going to hit on a couple of them today. Um, I do have a guest lined up already. A friend has already um, reached out within the first five episodes and I hadn't even called anybody to, you know, hadn't even like 
put it out only into the universe in my own mind. Um, so I'm super pumped on that. Um, you're going to be <laughs> totally blown away by who I have um, as a guest um, for the very first guest um, on the Tenaciously Being podcast. And um, before I'm, we were actually supposed to talk today and um, something came up. And so we weren't able to, and I'm actually quite excited because now I get to give my take on, um, nutrition and wellness, um, raw aside from what this person has to share. Um, so that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, there's gonna be a little bit of history there. Again, if I'm repeating myself, thank you for hearing me twice or three or four or five times. It probably won't be the last if it's that important that I repeat it. <laughs> Um, I have just jotted down some notes to help me keep on track a little bit, but for the most part, I know how I feel <laughs> about, um, nutrition and wellness and it's something at, at this stage. So yeah, we're still recording ahead of time because this is what you do it. So right now it's the middle of the summer and, um, middle of July and it's hot outside and, um, I'm in, I'm in Florida, so it's like extra hot and it's, we get summer all the time. So it's not as like, um, you know, you don't have to like take advantage of the summer days, um, here and, um, it, it changes, nutrition changes seasonally. And, um, anyway, I've decided to reconnect with my, um, the health coach that helped me heal from my, um, my diagnosis. So so we're clear. I don't necessarily, I don't, I just don't claim it because it's not anything that I believe in and I don't own it, but I was diagnosed with ulcerative, ulcerative colitis. Um, this was back in 2010 that I was first diagnosed with ulcerative colitis. So given up my age, but I was merely 30 years old and I had always considered myself super strong and healthy and, you know, perhaps a little overweight like every girl does programming. <laughs> I mean, it's sure it's true, but, um, you know, relatively in good health and, and, and not incredibly unnutritious. I partied a lot. And that was pretty much probably a lot of what sent me there. Um, well, and at that point, my gosh, I was working at Starbucks. So like drinking four or five cups of coffee a day, waking up really, really early, like just really not treating myself very well. Um, and I had digestive issues. And so I went through all this the measures. I was grateful that I had insurance through the job that I had. And, um, wasn't that kind of weird that I worked for Starbucks? I always think it's weird that I worked for Starbucks. <laughs> it was a great job. I got to say it was, I was desperate <laughs> and, it, and it fit the bill. Um, where was I going with this? The whole thing was just, you know, very, it was very textbook medical system. I, I saw my doctor, they referred me to get a colonoscopy. I had to do the whole thing. They, they looked at things. Yep. They saw swelling. There wasn't really a test at that time that could tell you definitively what it was. They told me it was that I was like, okay, are you sure it has nothing to do with my diet? And this is such a classic story at this point, but it was quite literally, I was like, 
are you sure that this has nothing to do with my diet? I mean, I'm working at Starbucks drinking four to five cups of coffee a day and like eating fast food for lunch. Like, are you sure? Um, are you sure? And he's like, nope. He looked me straight in the eye and he was like, nope, it has nothing to do with that. <laughs> and I was like, all right. And he, you know, prescribed me some medication and basically said, I'll probably have to be on that for the rest of my life. <sighs> it's kind of intense. I didn't really plan to go into that story, but there you go. Um, I did. I, I took the medicine and I, I put up with it for a couple of months. That was probably like in February or something. And by July of that time, I was really fed up with, um, the cost of them. At one point I went to go pick them up at the pharmacy and it was like $800. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wait, 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 no, no. <laughs> and she's like, well, there's this program you can sign up for and it gives you the next 10 months for free. And I'm like, oh my God. So I had a stint with antidepressants back in my early twenties as well. And I see this game and I hopped from one to the other because they were the free ones and it's crazy. That, that whole system, that deserves its own podcast because I'm going to get irritated. Anyway, this was part of my departure. It was literally, she was like, oh no, here you can get them for 10 bucks a month if you sign up for this program. Okay. <laughs> Back to 10 bucks a month. Started telling you, I'm like, what is this? And I asked the same pharmacist that signed me up for that. And she said that it's an immune inhibitor. I'm like, immune inhibitor. Inhibitor stopping. It's stopping my immune system. Is this stopping my immune system? She says, yes, that's what's doing it. This, the immune system is causing the swelling. And so we stop the immune system from creating the swelling. So you are inhibiting my immune system from creating the swelling and it's the swelling that's causing the discomfort. So what's causing the swelling? Well, we don't know that. Hmm. Maybe it's the stuff that's going in my mouth that goes down in there because it's the only stuff that goes down in there. <laughs> so that was like the moment where I was like, F this. I don't think I can do this anymore. I mean, I took the prescription and I left and everything, but then all of life turned upside down and I ended up moving back to the Gunnison Valley and totally changing up my lifestyle. And I saw a nutritionist there. And she did some muscle testing and put me on like a two week protocol and I felt great after that and was vibrant and felt good and good to go. And I did that for three years and it was epic. <laughs> and at the end of those three years, I, um, I went on tour <laughs> and I went on um, basically festival tour. I worked for a catering company that catered the production companies of festivals. So we went and did all the big festivals and we cooked for the people that set up and take down. And it was breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And I was the breakfast chef, which was a great paying gig. I was going to all these festivals for free, like VIP, I could go anywhere I wanted. I was fed, I was drunk, I was like, it was great, <laughs> it was awesome. And my schedule was such where I was the breakfast chef, so I was getting up at 4.30 every morning. <laughs> 
and that was really wearing on me and my digestion started really ramping up again. My issues started ramping up again and it got so bad that by the end of the summer, I literally landed myself in the hospital and I had um, surgeons on call for four days, um, well, probably for the first two days um, to remove part of my colon <laughs> because it had swollen up to that much. It had swelled, had swollen, it swelled. Um, and that was scary. That sucked. That really did. It was, um, it was a crappy end to a really great summer and it really kind of put me in my place. That was the universe's way of just like, nope, you gotta, you gotta get this under control. You gotta figure this out. And, um, so I did. And luckily, and I don't know if it has to do with, I often wonder if it has to do with where I was. I was in Floyd, Virginia was where the festival was in. I don't even know what hospital I was taken to. I was fairly unconscious by the time they um, took me in, which is pretty wild to think about. Um, if you're listening, thank you. Those who took me <laughs> into the hospital, thank you for taking care of me. Um, and the, in, the endocrinologist, endocrinologist, no, the uh, gastroenterologist, um, came in and he was super sweet because everyone else was like, this stubborn hippie isn't going to take anything. I mean, I let them give me the medicine that they needed to, but they started talking to me about how I was going to have to treat myself and what I was going to have to do in the future. And I was like, look, I don't want to take these inhibitors. I don't want to do it this way. I don't, I don't, it doesn't sit right with me. And they're like, well, you know, this is going to happen again if you let it get it out of control. That's the main doctors. And then the gastroenterologist came in and he said, check it out. Like there's the science is coming around and there's new stuff being learned all the time about what's going on in our digestive system. This is 2013. And, <clears throat> you know, the last 10 to 15 years, really a lot has changed in the way of, of what we're understanding about what's going on there. And so, you know, look into that and find yourself either a nutritionist or a coach or, you know, some sort of program that you do believe in and go use that to heal. He did say, you're lucky you're in Colorado. Use the benefit of being in Colorado, wink, wink, to your advantage for pain relief and to keep yourself okay. And then find somebody that can help you. Oh, my stomach just hurt really bad. I'm talking about it. Um, find someone to help guide you. Not just a book or an article or whatever, but like find someone to help you. And I took that to heart and I did. And it took me a while. I didn't find my coach until probably Christmas or near Christmas or around the new year. Um, and it completely changed my life. And it completely changed my life so drastically that um, I was talking about it. <laughs> Just naturally, this, this gift of gab is not <laughs> newly found. Um, I was talking about it to all of my friends and like literally anyone that would listen about how good I was feeling and what I was learning and all the, you know, all this stuff. And they were like, you should be, there was a couple friends in particular that were like, you should go to school and be a coach. You should do this yourself. You should just go be a coach. 
and tell everybody about this stuff. I love hearing from you. Yes, tell everybody about this stuff. And it's like, oh, cool. So then I went to coaching school. I went to the Instagram, <laughs> the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, IIN. Um, it was founded by this man, Joshua Rosenthal. And it's beautifully designed. This is the beginning of online schools, right? Like how many courses have you signed up for at this point? We're in 2023, it's a decade later. Like online schooling's totally normal. But the school had basically only been online for about two or three years, maybe at this point. Um, it's amazing how many people I find, I interact with, I engage with who are also graduates of this school. It was like a 10 month or 12 month, um, you know, module based course. And you had a series of PDF or not, or, you know, slided presentations and, and discussions and PDFs to download and worksheets to work through. And essentially what we did the first half of it before you get into like how to be a coach and run a business the first half of it was all about diet and lifestyle and the 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 way that the ask was to practice all of the diets that we were going to go through essentially all the main diets um and practice them yourself for two weeks and see how you feel and know it yourself because there's so many diets out there and this is one of the bases that they iin curriculum is based on is bio-individuality and that's where I get that as the bio-individual person like we are all different totally different so there's no way there's no way that any of us are going to react the same way to any given diet or lifestyle like the person who thrives in a winter situation is not necessarily going to thrive down in the tropics and vice versa you know, the, the person who just loves a fruitarian diet is not necessarily going to need a, a totally, I mean, it, it, oh. so <laughs> let me not get, not get all hyped up on that. We've talked about bio-individuality. I don't know. That was like episode three. Yeah, boom, right there. Um, so go back and listen to my rant on bio-individuality, but it is a huge building block of the way I feel about nutrition. And especially in this day and age where now I feel like I have gone from wanting to shout from the rooftops about how to be healthier to cocooning in this motherhood situation and learning how to be healthier for myself, get letting it get bad and having to come back around. And like, that's why I've just recently reconnected with my coach so that like I can get back on top of it because it's not easy to like exist in the world and to like hold your own dietary standards and needs and like wants and desire. <laughs> It's like really hard to listen to yourself when it comes to that because there's so much coming at us, right? And it's complicated and it's confusing and it's like, <laughs> what am I supposed to listen to? I'm so confused and so now I'm not going to do anything and I'm just going to do the same thing I always do. I'm going to do the same thing that they do even though I'm feeling like crap <laughs> when I do that. I mean, I, I'm so guilty of this. <laughs> so, so guilty. It's like throwing spaghetti on the wall, hoping that it works and that it helps. But really, you're just kind of creating this like tornado of things to unravel and all of this fix it attitude. So I've always had this distaste for the word diet. Um, I hate it. <laughs> I hate it so much. And this was one of those like, is that I always kind of felt with the coaching situation is that I was kind of trying to tell people what to do, but I didn't want to tell people what to do. 
<laughs> because they need to figure out what to do. And so in backing off of that, and then now as the world is turned, and I think we're rapidly changing and we're, we're the, the pace is quickening of how of how we're evolving and how we're like t taking in information. I mean, just even like, if you think of social media, you know, the the segments of attention span has gone shorter and shorter and shorter, but we've like gotten also better at delivering our message a lot more succinctly and, and being, um, and taking in lots of these little snippets of information and our mind is just like on fire with information and stuff like this, right? So like, Nutrition doesn't need to, you know, your diet, let me rephrase, your diet doesn't need to create more stuff to fill your bathtub. And that's, that's like a head game, right? That's the part that's the mental shift. If you can see your diet as something that is supporting you, to be your best and so therefore you want to give yourself the best and everything that it needs to support and even when it's not the ideal best it's still going to support me because this would be the other thing that i really have to always get out when it comes to nutrition is that your body is always healing you are always healing and that's what i've seen out in the world right now is there's this find your traumas figure out this, figure out that, fix this, fix this ailment, go find all this stuff and fix yourself so that you can ascend or so that you can live your best life or all these things, right? You don't need to fix yourself. We just need to support ourselves. And there's a difference. And it, the difference comes with a reckoning of the fact that everything that they, and they in this case is just the whole freaking industry, the food industry. The people that make it and market it and put the poisons in it. They're not, just because I literally had, I think I've already shared this, but I, I was sitting on my parents' back porch at like probably 10, 11, 12 years old. Fairly overweight, like at that prepubescent, like chunky stage. And I was eating a bag of potato chips and they were probably off brand, like Lay's regular old potato chips. And I remember thinking like, I'm getting fat, is it this? And I'm like, no, if they make it, they wouldn't make it if it was bad for us. And I remember like settling in on this idea. <laughs> and what a like, a, what a weird conscious belief is that if it's, if it's here, it wouldn't be bad for us, right? Like, why would they give us stuff that's bad for us? It's such an innocent way of, thinking young rather and it's okay because <laughs> it led me to where I am now they do <laughs> they put it is a whole industry if your food is processed I don't care if it's organic non-gmo blah 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 if your food is processed there is poison in it so when it comes to nutrition and health and wellness it's like this, it's, it's a paradigm shift. It's not what diet do I eat? And you know, it's more about like, how do I avoid the toxic processed stuff, the chemical created in a building stuff, you know, and eat more of the life giving nutrient dense, although at times questionably, but that's a whole nother conversation too about like, 
how how re how how healthy is our food at this stage of the game and and I would say that it's not as healthy as we expect it to be. You know, I'm not a fan of supplements and stuff like that, but I think there's a time and a place, especially in healing times and places. But we should be getting everything that, ooh, there's a should. But we really, I mean, we should be able to expect that the nutrients we want out of a whole food are going to be there when we purchase it from the grocery store. And sadly, we can't expect that. We just finished, we just pulled a pineapple from our, again, I live in the tropics, but we just pulled a pineapple every year in July. We get one, it seems. Um, <laughs> this pineapple tasted, we, you know, it was able to stay on the, on the bush until it was totally ripe. Like we cut it and brought it upstairs and, and, and harvested it. What would you say there? <laughs> cut it up. Um, it tasted like a pina colada, like the most freshest, you know, unfortunately, I want to say pina colada, even though that's like a totally, like, we are so used to, at least as Americans, but we're so used to like pasteurized, condensed juices that turn into these tastes that we crave, right? And to have it so freshly off of the tree was, it was incredible. I'm gonna go have a snack of it after I record this. <laughs> but anyway, the whole foods. I mean, we're, we have to start thinking more whole. And I know that it's inconvenient and that it's, it sucks um, to have to opt out of the convenience of having packaged prepared food all the time and I'm not like the goal is not unless you really need to like you know I, I want to say fix something but if you have an ailment like I'm not going to ignore the explosive diarrhea I had 12-15 times a night <laughs> like no you can't you can't ignore that kind of thing, you know? If you have something going on, you need to fix it. That's not to say that, like, we can't fix anything <laughs> in the world. <laughs> um, but it's this fix-it attitude that I'm broken, and therefore I must fix myself. Constantly fixing myself because you're so broken. If we shift that perspective and realize that we're not broken, and that we are designed to heal, to heal, beautifully, divinely designed to heal, we just need half a chance. And that the way that we are inundated by artificial, artificial light, artificial food, artificial everything, we need more life, we need more nutrients, we need more life-giving stuff in our body, and that consists of whole foods. Number one, whole foods. Vegetables and fruits, but also meats, and, and the oils that you use are incredibly important. The seed oils, it's gotten out of control. Um, it's gotten way out of control, and it's in everything. The oil is the oil to our body, like it's the, our brains need it. Um, need it. Oil, salt, 
good salt. There's so much you can find on good salt. Um, oh, holy cow. I just forwarded a beautiful YouTube section to a couple of friends that we were talking about salt. Um, red salt, pink salt, Celtic or Himalayan sea salt. Um, hey, hey, season two, new interlude. <laughs> Are you startled? Um, I will forego all the whys and just tell you that all of the likes, shares, follows, that stuff goes so far, guys. Thank you so much for doing it and keep on it. Um, also, Instagram is where I'm really going to start hanging out a lot more. So if you're not following along there, um, go find me at Tenaciously Being. And I'm looking forward to getting the conversation going and um, seeing you there as well as here. Let's get back to the episode. Thanks for being here. Cheers. Yeah. Get on top of your oils and shift to whole foods. I think it was a, um, oh shoot. I'm not going to remember his name. Oh, maybe I will. <laughs> kind of a foodie guy, like on the food channel. Um, and he wrote a couple books, but he said something that, and there's a couple movies or like series, Netflix series or something. He said, you know, you ultimately outside of like in a healing phase where you're really trying to target something to, to feel better. Um, ultimately you can eat whatever you want, just make it yourself or, or at least know the people that made it and know where the ingredients came from. You know, like, um, if you want to eat fried chicken and apple pie every day, great make it, you know, and see how, see how satisfying one, see how satisfying that one meal can be. And two, that you don't want to make it every day <laughs> and that your body doesn't need it every day, you know? So, and, and, and when it comes to that, when it comes to cooking yourself good food, one of the best things that um, we've ever done for ourselves is adopt the attitude of cook once, eat twice. And just, if you know while you're cooking dinner dinner's the spot where you can like really get a lot of food cooked you feed four people and then you have at least two lunches you know one for each of you or you know fill everyone's lunch boxes or just give yourself another meal out of the effort and it'll go a really long way um vegetables especially i mean it's great cold vegetables are easy to grab hard-boiled eggs and some cold vegetables <laughs> fermented foods are a huge huge um the microbiome kind of deserves its own conversation um but the the microbiome is basically the ecosystem that is between our lips and our ass um that whole section right there. And I just actually listened to a little snippet of a super young Zach Bush. Oh my gosh. <laughs> he looked he looked so young. I love him. Um, but he was talking about the microbiome and how important it is. And um, he said that the, so our skin or, or like just our, our, our skin, like our body, exists of like maybe um gosh he used tennis courts so like a quarter of a tennis court you could lay out all of our skin like as a layer of a, a quarter of a tennis court so half of one side of a tennis court right whereas our digestive system so from our mouths to our butt is over two 
over two tennis courts. So, I mean, that's like seven times is what I'm saying. Like if it's a quarter of a tennis court to two quarters, that's huge. And we have literally only started like investigating and researching this in the last couple decades. You know, there's so much new. Everyone likes to preach the science and everything. And it's like, ah, oh, this, this makes sense. The microbiome, how much is going on in here? This ecosystem. And it's an ecosystem, so therefore it is like nature. And so we can learn from the ecosystems that are outside and see that within us and see that it's all symbiotic. There's no good bacteria and bad bacteria. Those are the words that we've created to explain something. We are gonna get into germ theory and um, it, you know, into the medical system of like how we need this huge massive paradigm shift. Um, if you haven't already listened to, because I know these come out in retro, but if you haven't already listened to the, the end of COVID series, I highly recommend going to get it. And it's just day one <laughs> that I am, um, that I've been listening. So, um, we, we've got to like be ready to learn. Yay. Learning. I love it. Um, uh, <coughs> so real food, you know, real food and, um, I, and real water. <laughs> That's important too. And, and it's just all the things that we're putting in and to go back to the bathtub analogy, how, how whole can we put the foods in and how how much can we decrease the the toxins that come in so stopping with the processed food um, looking at labels and and asking yourself like can you pronounce all of the words and the hidden ones the hidden sugars i mean sugar is is such a, a treat to our senses, right? Like sugar is such an invigorating and lively, like it, sugar can bring, you know, most of the sauces in like the Asian cooking, um, it, it are always, they always have sugar in them. And it's because that's what it hits that part of your tongue that makes the whole feeling happen. Um, so you, so, so how wrong is it to like, just call sugar evil, right? especially when people call fruit sugars evil. I mean, I get it. We don't want the processed stuff. Um, and, and the bleached, white, genetically modified, like that super processed sugar is, is not necessarily good for our bodies. But what a treat, right? Like baking a cake for somebody, you know, eat like your great grandma would have eaten I think that's kind of like what we need to get back to and um, and really understanding where our food is coming from and that it has the nutrients that we expect and and desire out of it and that that does go into soil health and we'll talk about that later um, so I think we've hit most everything you know basically it is a whole lot of a mental game too just to understand that you're not broken and if you do need to adjust, so so I am in a healing period right now. Um, I like I said, I was feeling really fatigued, and I reached out to my um, my health coach from ten years ago, and I said, you know, I 
I remember how good I felt after we finished some protocols and I really want to keep going. I want to get back on those. A lot's happened in six years, seven, 10 years. <laughs> um, I've had two kids and I no longer live in Colorado and it's different to resource things. And it's, you know, we have social lives and all kinds of habits that we've picked up along the way. And, um, honestly, when I was, um, when I first became pregnant, I, I had to do some testing for the the ulcerative colitis um, diagnosis because my symptoms kind of flared up when I was first pregnant. And they did some testing, and this is when I kind of stopped believing in the test anyway, because it came back as celiac and more uh, more of the um, I'm sorry, not yeah, no. What's the other? Um, Crohn's, excuse me, not celiac, Crohn's. Um, and, and, but, but so in order to, for that test to be accurate, I had to eat gluten. And so I did, and my symptoms went completely away when I did. Um, so I stopped eating gluten-free and had a great pregnancy and everything was fine. And I disregarded those tests and moved across the country. <laughs> um, and everything went great and, and, and it seemed fine. But you know, now that I'm, now that I'm five, six years out from there, um, it's, uh, I don't feel fine anymore and my energy is dragged and I just don't feel great. And so I'm back in this, in this healing protocol. And at this point, yes, I am in a healing protocol and I am trying to support my body differently so that it has more opportunity to heal. It's basically that my body has asked me to pay more attention and to give it different stuff because what I was giving it wasn't working for, for that time. And that's not to say that what I was giving it is bad, you know, or I'm never going to have it again. Um, my body can get to a different state and there's so many things to consider. Hormonally, that's that's a lot of where those changes can happen, and that's definitely something to look into. And I would never be an expert on that, um, but it is something to consider when it comes to nutrition. You know, on that on that the the Institute for Integrative Nutrition strain, it was like um, it, it he had twelve different things. Like it's not just your diet; it's it's really not just what you're eating. If you're trying to heal, then that is about 50% of the picture, but it's so much more um, than that. You can't eat a perfect diet and then go to a shitty job every day or not get any sleep or, um, you know, have an abusive relationship or something. Um, however, I will say that when you eat a healthy diet, you will be more in touch and more in tuned with yourself. Like you'll, you'll clear a, a truly, and I, I don't like to use the label even of a healthy diet because everyone's version of a healthy diet is going to be different. I mean, there's thousands of them <laughs> and I'm, I'm not interested in like trying to say one or the other is right. I think that we really need to understand. I do think in some of them, you know, we need to understand that there's a bit of of manipulation and programming involved with the push of them. Um, that veganism being the big one or plant-based and all that, the fake meat 
situation. I think we need to really take a hard, close look at that um, because it's it's just not real. Talk about process, right? Like it's just it's just not. It's been too manipulated. Um, and when things are sourced from responsible sources, I'm not saying that conventional farming is better. I don't I don't think it is. Um, but I'm not interested in like calling out the lesser of two evils anymore. <laughs> I think that's an old paradigm that we're not gonna just exist it anymore. We're gonna start supporting our bodies with nutrition and you know with nutrient dense foods, whole foods that are not processed, that have not been touched, that are picked at their peak of their ripeness if you can. And we're gonna forgive ourselves if we can't get stuff at the peak of its ripeness, right? Like, so for me, it's just always kind of a mind F when uh, this time of year, when there's so much abundance in the Northern states and everybody that I know on social media is just like, oh, my garden is finally coming in and I'm starting to harvest stuff and eat off of it. And it's so great and all this stuff. And it's too hot to grow in Florida. <laughs> it's too hot to grow. I mean, there's some things that grow, but as far as like a family garden goes, you can't really get anything grown right now. And that's been a hard lesson learned. But come October, oh boy, when everyone else starts harvesting theirs and can't, you know, t tucking in their gardens for the winter, we're going to be starting ours and we're going to have fresh produce all um, winter that we know the source from. And I mean, not just us, but um, and we can talk about gardening and regenerative gardening and regenerative agriculture and all that cool stuff. Like where our food is coming from is a completely different topic. It's important for you to figure that out for yourself, you know, and if a certain diet, you know, interests you, then like go figure it out, but, and, and try and follow it and see how you feel and really be honest with yourself. And don't just try and try and follow something because so-and-so on social media told you that was the way to do it. Like do it for yourself and really feel into it and feel how that feels for you. And that's going to be, you know, and if there is something that's ailing you, find a coach, find someone that can help you, um, structure and, and really help you support you in, in the struggles of trying to change your diet, you know, cause it's not easy to just suddenly stop eating grains or gluten or something like that. Um, it's, it's, it's really, it's a difficult road. Even, I mean, I've had difficulties with it just in the past, um, little bit starting again. And I feel so much more supported and so much more, um, capable and able because of where I've come from. And so, um, I hope that I can impart that upon you that if you are trying to do something with your diet, or you think that you need to do something with your diet, I would question first, how broken do you really think you are? And let's change that perspective that you're not broken and you just need to support yourself in a different way because your body is designed to heal always, always. Um, and it's always working toward healing. It's just that we throw a lot of obstacles in its way a lot of them with toxins, with shitty food, with shitty thoughts. We, we convince ourselves that we're not, that we're broken, that we're not designed to heal and that we are broken. That's what we're convinced of. And the complete opposite is true. Might find that in a lot of things, the complete opposite, turn it on its head. And recognize and give yourself the faith and the confidence that you're designed to heal. So get out of my way. <laughs> All right. 
Let's wrap it up. I'm super pumped to hear from our um, our guest. Um, yay, biggest guest, our first guest. Um, you guys are gonna be shocked, shocked and awed. Um, it is tapping into the Gunnison Vortex. So um, I will say that going forward, so we're gonna talk about nutrition and wellness and just kind of health and wellness here and there for the next couple of episodes and then we'll dive into the next topic and um more than anything um yeah i just wanna i you know there are some people that are quote unquote experts or professionals in their field and and i'd love to chat with them some of them that i know um you know or if there's somebody that that you know that you like to listen to then cool let me know um, but mostly friends. I think that it's going to be fun to just kind of hang out with friends and um, chat even about some of this stuff. You know, we might surprise each other with what we know and what our perspectives are and how that can be applied to our own lives. You know, so um, with that, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and we'll see you next time. Uh, have fun out there, tenaciously being. <laughs>